the Acts of the Apostles chapter 9 and our text for this evening is the verse 6 and he trembling that is Saul of Tarsus or Paul and he trembling and astonished said Lord what wilt thou have me to do and the Lord said unto him arise and go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do having considered the terrorist activity of Saul of Tarsus against the church particularly there in Jerusalem I want us now to consider what the grace of God did in this man's life as he was on his way to commit more atrocities against the Lord's people and describing Saul of Tarsus as a terrorist is not an exaggeration when we read and study what he did and the crimes you could say against humanity the crimes that he committed against God's people We have only to look at the opening words of this chapter. <coughs> For there we read in verse 1 And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, breathing out <coughs> threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord slaughter is a terrible word isn't it and yet here it is used to describe the activity of Saul of Tarsus and we see from verse 2 that his threatenings were no idle threats because <coughs> in verse 2 we read and he desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogue that if he find any of this way whether they were men or women he would bring them bound he would bind them both men and women bring them bound to Jerusalem and there have them imprisoned or even to have them killed that's who the Saul of Tarsus was and this is confirmed for by Paul himself you turn there to Acts chapter 22 Acts 22 verses 4 and 5 Paul says and I persecuted this way on to the death is that not terrorism I persecuted this way on to the death 
binding and delivering into prison both men and women as also the high priest doth bear me witness and all the estate of the elders from whom also I received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished for to be punished you go on over Acts chapter 26 Acts 26 there we read in verse 9 I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints that I shut up in prison having received authority from the chief priests and when they were put to death I gave my voice against them no he wasn't protesting their death he was against those who were put to death that's what he said I gave my voice against them and it tells us he was in full agreement with the believers been put to death and I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme imagine compelling them to swear against the God of heaven I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and, bring it, and being exceedingly mad against them I persecuted them even unto strange cities foreign cities the word strange means foreign and he was traveling he was prepared to travel from Jerusalem to Damascus a distance of 200 miles and he was almost there can you imagine willing to travel 200 miles that he might enter into synagogues arrest men and women who profess Christ and bind them and bring them back to Jerusalem to be in prison or to be punished he said he was mad against them when you read those verses and there are many more as we saw last week the grace of God can change and transform even the worst of individuals and surely Paul was numbered amongst the worst he testified to that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief you can understand why Paul described himself as the chief of sinners when we look at what he did and after his conversion he tells us what he did we can see why he looked upon himself as being the chief of sinners 
<clears throat> Paul was saying of all sinners I am chief and Christ was pleased to save me they're God's grace so how was this chief of sinners sealed how was this terrorist arrested last week we considered his company the company he kept as Saul of Tarsus he was in the wrong company those who stoned Stephen to death we considered his company we considered his cruelty looking at some of the verses including those that we've just read tonight I want to look at the aspects of his conversion I want to consider Paul's conversion <clears throat> we begin by looking at his arrest his arrest Solomon that wisest of all men apart from Christ of course Solomon the wisest of all men said boast not thyself of tomorrow for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth we often quote those words warning individuals that they do not boast themselves of tomorrow for tomorrow they could die but it's not used exclusively of that because here it can be applied to Saul of Tarsus he had travelled almost 200 miles from Jerusalem he was about to enter Damascus he was planning on arresting believers in the synagogue we can say to Saul of Tarsus boast not thyself of tomorrow Saul thou knowest not what a day may bring forth and here we have Saul and on that given day he met God our God met him he had no thought of God he was in, a, in his own heart boasting himself of tomorrow what he was going to do when he would reach Damascus but he never thought that even that very day that very day he would meet God on that road to Damascus men never know under what circumstances they will meet God well this cruel wicked terrorist did meet God as he was about to enter the city of Damascus we read there in the verse 3 and as he journeyed he came near Damascus and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven so here he was he travelled almost 200 miles 
And suddenly he stopped. He stopped. Stopped there in his tracks. That he could go no further. And with Saul of Tarsus, it was as if the Lord said, So far and no further. And as Saul was about to enter Damascus, the Lord brought his journey to a sudden halt. See it, Spurgeon, referring to Saul of Tarsus, said, Paul was a great man, and I have no doubt that on the way to Damascus he rode a very high horse. No doubt he did ride a horse. It would be a long way just to walk. Spurgeon said he rode a very high horse. But a few seconds sufficed to alter the man. How soon God brought him down. How soon God brought him down. Indeed, if you look there, look at verse 3. <clears throat> and as he journeyed, as he journeyed, now look at the beginning of verse 4, and he fell to the earth. God stopped him. As he journeyed, near Damascus <coughs> going to arrest more believers but God stopped him there on that road and how this illustrates for us today those who wallow in their sin curse and swear and laugh at God and they think he's powerless to do anything about it. They live as if there is no God. Indeed, they believe there's no God. But we know what the scriptures tell us. The fool said in his heart there is no God, he's a fool man who says there's no God God says he's a fool and God can show them how great of a fool they really are those who sin with an open hand and laugh at God you see here that God can bring their journey to an end and do it suddenly. Listen to this. The mean man shall be brought down. Saul was mean. The mean man shall be brought down 
and the mighty man shall be humbled did Paul think of himself as a mighty man the authority they had the letters from the priests thought he could do whatever he wanted the mean man shall be brought down the mighty man shall be humbled and the eyes of the lofty shall be humbled but the Lord of hosts shall be exalted in judgment Isaiah 5 verses 15 and 16 the Lord of hosts he's the Lord of the hosts of heaven he's the almighty the all powerful God and the Lord of hosts stopped Saul that day no more when he but persecuting Christians God brought it to an end regarding his arrest we see not only was he stopped we see also that it was sudden and what we said boast not thyself of tomorrow the Lord didn't even wait till tomorrow before that day was out God had dealt with them Saul's arrest came that day without warning without warning I know how God can deal the sinful man with this sudden, this uh, suddenness. Saul planned to be back in Jerusalem in a matter of days, and with him, believers that he had arrested and bound, and he was going to bring them back to Jerusalem and have them put in prison or punished. But God intervened, and he did so suddenly. Saul had no, no warning whatsoever. And we are warned enough <clears throat> in Scripture just how suddenly God can bring a man's sinful and pernicious ways to an end. Turn to Proverbs, please. <coughs> Proverbs 6. Proverbs 6 verse 12 A naughty person a wicked man walketh with a forward mouth he boastful like those today who boast of their sin and their wickedness and believe there's no God he winketh with his eyes he speaketh with his feet he teacheth with his fingers forwardness is in his heart he devises mischief continually he soweth discord verse 15 
Therefore shall his calamity come. There it is, suddenly. Therefore his calamity shall come suddenly, suddenly. He shall be broken without remedy. Without remedy. It'll happen suddenly. And what God did that day on the road to Damascus, to Damascus, the life of Paul happened suddenly. No warning, no warning. He that been often reproved, hardeneth his neck. That speaks of the ox plowing in a field. And it has the wind part around its neck. And an old ox has been doing that for years. And the yoke has rubbed against his neck until the neck is hardened. And the old ox doesn't feel the yoke anymore. He that then often reproved hardeneth his neck. He reproved and reproved and reproved again. He doesn't give it a thought. He's hardened. Hardeneth his neck shall what? Suddenly be destroyed. And that without remedy. <coughs> but thankfully Saul of Tarsus was not suddenly destroyed. But he was suddenly delayed. He was suddenly detained. And he was suddenly dealt with by the God of heaven. All oh, that sinners would give attention to how suddenly the Lord himself can bring a man to an end of himself. Render him helpless. Render him powerless. Render him defenseless. And that's what took place to Saul of Tarsus on that road to Damascus that day. He was stopped. It was sudden. And it was stunning. It was stunning. Think of it. It was a man. It would turn out to be a great missionary. He wrote most of the New Testament. He was a great preacher. And yet his conversion didn't come through hearing a preacher. His conversion didn't come through him sitting in a meeting and listening to a preacher. No. Instead God dealt with this man directly directly didn't use a preacher and sometimes that's how God deals with individuals you deal with them directly maybe through an accident God speaks to them sometimes through a serious illness God will speak directly perhaps through bereavement God will speak 
Well, God used no preacher. He didn't even use any of those things we've just listed. He dealt directly with them. Suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. When did that light appear? Acts 22 verse 6 tells us. And I was come nigh unto Damascus. <coughs> when was that? About noon. And suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. So the light shone at noon. Whenever the sun is at its brightest. And yet, here was a light that shone. And it was so bright, it as it were put the sun in the shade. It was a light that was brighter than the sun. It was brighter than the sun. The sun of righteousness had arisen with healing in his wings upon this man Saul of Tarsus. And even though the sun was at his brightest at that hour, the light of the glory of God and Jesus Christ is brighter still. Praise the Lord. The light of the glory of God and Jesus Christ is brighter still, brighter than the noonday sun. Notice Saul recognized that what had happened that day came from heaven. Suddenly he said, they shone round, they shone from heaven. A great light round about me. Round about me. That's important. Because verse 7 and the man was journeyed with him stood speechless hearing a voice but seeing no man. And so here is Paul and he recognizes that the light that shone from heaven was for the purpose of stopping him and dealing with him personally. The, sh the light shone round about us. No, he didn't say that. The light shone round about me. And there Saul of Tarsus recognizes that the Lord was dealing with him personally. Of all the men that traveled with him, Paul says the, the light shone right about me. God was dealing with Paul personally. That's how God does deal with us. Deals with us personally. So he noticed then his arrest. He was stopped. It was sudden. It was stunning. As well as his arrest, we see his astonishment. 
accompanying that light from heaven was a voice a voice saying unto him Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? why there's a lot in those words the light has caused him to fall to the earth and while he lay there in the ground God spoke Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? There you have first of all the call. God calls out the Saul of Tarsus. He calls out, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? <coughs> that has happened a few times to the life of some men and women. When they've been brought low, God has spoken to them. God has spoken to them personally. They know God's not speaking to anybody else. God is speaking to them personally. But notice, when God spoke, when the Lord spoke, he called his name twice. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? That joins a number of individuals who were called twice. Abraham, Abraham. Martha, Martha. Saul, Saul. The Lord speaks twice to make sure the individual hears them but when I think of the Lord speaking to Saul twice I think of how the Lord has spoken to others no not once not twice hundreds of times through the gospel message they've been spoken to and God has said repent that your sins may be blotted out not once not twice but many many times well Saul was spoken to twice his name was called out twice and Saul responded to this call but there are many of them spoken to many times and they have yet to respond to the call of God but then on the day of judgment but notice something else here out of that group of men journeying to Damascus they were all halted but the Lord only spoke to one and converted one not interesting for we are told and the man was journeyed with him the man so there was a group of men traveling with Saul of Tarsus but out of that group of men there was only one spoken to and there was only one converted 
only one converted. Paul saw that Tarsus was one of God's chosen. Chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. You think of it. Of all the men that traveled that day on the road to Damascus, only one was spoken to. And only one was challenged. And only one was converted. And that was Saul of Tarsus. And Paul said in Ephesians 1 and verse 4, as I've just said, they're chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now look, now look at Acts 9 and verse 15. Look at what the Lord said. The Lord has sent Ananias to meet with Saul, to meet with Paul, and he was nearly afraid to go. But here we read in verse 17, And Ananias went his way and entered into his house and putting his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord even Jesus that appeared unto thee in the way as thou camest has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. But look at verse 15. And the Lord said unto him, said unto Ananias, Go thy way, don't be afraid. Go thy way, for he is what? A chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. He's chosen, I chose him. When did God choose Saul of Tarsus? Before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. And read the opening verses of Ephesians 1. And Paul says, He has chosen us. So Paul acknowledges He was chosen. He has chosen us before the foundation of the world we're chosen in him we are chosen in him and verse 5 having predestinated us includes himself as well as the call we notice the charge difficult to imagine just I saw the Tarsus this proud, hard-hearted, cruel individual really felt that day when the Lord arrested him and charged him. He was arrested and charged. Look at verse 4. And fell to the, the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And verse 5, And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. <clears throat> he'd been arrested. Now he's been charged. 
He's being charged. What did the Lord say to him? Why persecutest thou me? The Lord charged him with persecution. But you notice something? The Lord didn't say, Why persecutest my followers? Why persecutest my disciples? He said, Why persecutest thou me? Every time he raised a hand against Christians, he was raising it against Christ. Every time he spoke against Christians, or cursed Christians, or breathed out slaughter against the Christians, he was actually doing it against Christ. Christians are the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the body. Paul said in Ephesians 5.30 For we are members of his body of his flesh and of his bones. He again said in Colossians 1 verse 18 And he that is Christ is the head of the body. So you see it. Believers make up the body of Christ and Christ is the head. And so whenever they said anything, whenever Saul said anything about Christians or whatever he did against Christians, he was actually doing it against the Lord. Why persecutest thou me? You're doing it against me. So when people today laugh at Christians and curse Christians and persecute Christians and torture Christians they're doing it against Christ they're doing it against him and they'll have to answer for that because they did it against the Son of God something else to notice here that is Christ was aware of all that he had done against believers see that Paul had spoken about persecuting believers persecuting the Lord's disciples and here the Lord said Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? use the same word persecutest in other words the Lord knew all about what Saul was doing The Lord knew all that Saul was doing and how he lived his life. He knew all about it. Nothing was hidden from the Lord. Again, some boys today think that whatever they do, God doesn't see them. They love darkness rather than light. Why? Because their deeds are evil. Does that mean God doesn't see them at night? <coughs> of course he does. For the psalmist has said, the day and the night are both alike to thee. 
Darkness doesn't hide a man's sin. There's only one thing hides a man's sin. That's the blood of Christ. And here we see that the Lord knew all about the behavior of this man Saul of Tarsus. We notice then the call Saul Saul the charge why persecutest thou me and then you have the confession so that goes isn't it the arrest the charge the confession and there on that Damascus road the terrorist was arrested and charged and next came his confession in verse 6 and he trembling and astonished said Lord what wilt thou have me to do there's his confession he confesses that now the Lord has dealt with them he's no longer going to persecute believers he's a new man he's been changed and here he says Lord what wilt thou have me to do was that not a sure sign that the grace of God had wrought a great work in this man's life sure up until this point he didn't even believe that Christ had risen from the dead no But here he is now saying, Lord, what will thy have me to do? And the fact that he spoke those words was a sure indication a work of grace had been done in his life. Person who's not converted would not utter those words. Person who's not sealed wouldn't come and pray that prayer. Lord, what will thou have me to do? But here was the evidence that grace had changed the heart, the mind, the soul of Saul of Tarsus. And notice how the Lord answered him and he trembling <clears throat> and the son he said Lord what wilt thou have me to do the Lord said unto him arise go into the city and it shall be told thee what thou must do want to look at verse 5 and he said Saul said who art thou Lord the Lord said I am Jesus whom thou persecutest it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks I am Jesus I find that interesting the Lord Jesus could have said I am the judge of all the earth But he didn't. 
He said, I am Jesus. Remember what the angel told Joseph regarding the birth of Christ? I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. The name Jesus, of course, means Savior. That's how the Lord spoke to Saul. He told him, I am the Savior. If you like, he was saying to Saul that day, I am your Savior. Because there on the Damascus road, the Lord saved Saul of Tarsus. He met the Savior. The Lord identified himself to Saul as the Savior. What would I have me to do? And not only made Christ the Savior, did you notice something else? He addressed him as Lord. And so Christ was not only Paul's Savior, Paul addressed him as Lord. There on the Damascus road, Paul met Christ the Savior, and he made Christ his Lord, the Lord of his life. And when he made Christ the Lord of his life, he was able then to say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Whenever Christ is not only your Savior, but he's the Lord of your life, you'll say, Lord, what will thou have me to do? Thou art my Lord. I am thy servant. What will thou have me to do? They've considered the arrest, the astonishment, and you have the answer. Paul had said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? We see in verse 6 what the Lord asked them to do, or told them to do. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. There was the answer. I tell you, whenever you say to the Lord, Lord, what will thou have me to do? You'll definitely get an answer. The Lord will not turn a deaf ear to that request. And he didn't turn a deaf ear to Saul. What was the answer? First of all, verse 6, he was sent. And he trembling, the son he said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city. He'll go into the city of Samaria, a different man. And when he would have gone in, had the Lord not saved him. But the Lord said, Arise and go into the city. You think of it. That was the first step. The first step 
of the surrendered life of a man who became such a missionary for God. Just arrived and going to the city. That's all the Lord asked them to do. What wilt thou have me to do? The Lord said, Arrive and go into the city. That's the way the Lord works. Arise and go into the city. Because the Lord, when he has called someone, will give them something, as it were, small to do. Something simple to do. For if they can't do the simple things, they're not going to be able to do the bigger things. Arise and go into the city. He was sent. You have his surrender. He went. That's the bit. Arise and go into the city, and at thy it shall be told thee there what thou must do. And we are told, and Saul, verse 8, And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man, but they led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. And he was there three days and three nights without sight, neither did eat or drink. But he went. Simple thing, the Lord asked him to arise, go into the city, and he went. You can see he was surrendered to the Lord. And a simple task. You notice something else. Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee there what thou must do. In other words, the Lord didn't reveal his own will to Saul there and then on the Damascus road. He just led him a step at a time. That's what the Lord does. He wanted to see if Saul of Tarsus would do the simple thing. Arise and go into the city. If we fail in the small things, we'll not be able to do anything with the greater thing that God may give us to do. Read in Jeremiah 12 verse 5. If thou hast run with the footmen, and they have wearied thee. Then how will thou do in the swelling of Jordan? So there we have the arrest of a terrorist. The man who did so much harm against the church of Christ. Agreed to the stoning death statement and sent it unto his death and many others. But God arrested him, saved him there on the Damascus road, gave them a work to do. The greatest missionary who ever lived. What a change the grace of God can work in a person's life. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts this evening. Let's bow in prayer.
our dear Lord, we bless thee for the matchless grace of God. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace that wrought such a change in this man's life. Amazing grace. I sweep aside. Lord, I pray thou would write this word upon our heart. <coughs> May we take encouragement from it. That those of his Lord who have loved ones that are not saved, may we take encouragement from what God did in the life of Saul of Tarsus. If we can save the chief of sinners, he can save those of our loved ones who are still out of Christ. Lord, write thy word upon our hearts this evening. Be with us, dear Lord, throughout this week. Keep us safe in all our troubles. Keep us healthy and well, we pray. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen.